is going on everybody welcome into another edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous thursday september 28th 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man how we doing today it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and holy smoke, Batman, just when you thought the news was going to slow down? Nah. Absolutely not. You always keep it running. We've got an absolutely packed menu. First up, Jackson buys five. The town of Jackson buys eight electric buses for transit system catches. None of them are working. <laughs> so Stu will cover um, what's going on there in Jackson. Next up, exclusive Shell CEO comes under pressure from within on renewable shift. Next up, EPA's illegal power play. And then finally, Saudi Arabia considers a surprising bet on Iranian oil and gas. We'll see what they've got going on in Saudi. Stu will then kick it over to me. I'll quickly cover what happened um, in the overall markets today. Not much movement one way or the other. Um, overall, we did see oil prices jump tremendously, though. I'm going to push back a little bit on the reason for that. Crude oil storage numbers from the EIA dropped 2.2 million barrel draw, but not really sure the underlying issue with where oil prices went. We'll unpack it all and a bag of chips later, guys. But first, as always, the stories and analysis you are about to hear are brought to you by the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all your energy news and how to stay up to speed with the ever-changing marketplace. You can hit the description below, see all the timestamps. You can subscribe to this podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also subscribe to the video on YouTube at Energy Newsbeat. Hit that subscribe button. The best way to keep up to speed and support the show is to go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Never miss an episode. You can check out dashboard.energynewsbeat.com. Email the show questions at energynewsbeat.com. Let's go ahead and kick this off though, Stu. Where do you want to begin? Hey, let's go ahead and start with Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia considers a surprising bet on Iranian oil and gas. I didn't see this one coming around the corner. Iran has about $50 billion in oil and gas projects that are in the works. They've run out of money. They happen to have $6 billion that they were just uh, released by the Biden administration. So they got a little bit of money. That mm -hmm. Saudi is about ready to kick this uh, right in the pants. Let's go through some of this. The National Iranian Oil Company, NI. OC has around 50 U.S. 50 billion in oil and gas related projects now underway with more even coming further. Iran has done a great job in avoiding all of the sanctions on the nuclear really, really well over the last few years. But around 20 billion of this will go to completing the supergiant South Paris natural gas field. Ah, natural gas. One of the biggest gas fields in the world stretches over 33,700 square kilometers in 14.2 trillion cubic meters of gas reserves, plus 18 billion barrels of gas consulate, con, uh, condensate. Sorry, excuse me. Michael, is that a fairly big reserve? Yeah, it's, uh, it's not small. <laughs> Think we could drill it? 33 point TCF of gas. Yeah, there's a little bit there. 
Oh, okay, cool. Uh, and what they're doing is they're getting into the LNG rush. The LNG uh, story is going to be here for years. So when Iran has another six uh, billion sitting there that they've been given, and then you have, wait a minute, Saudi Arabia is seeing the long-term play there. It's kind of like BRICS is now including Iran. So it's like, holy smokes, Batman, this oil, all this is now coming to fruition. Well, what's Saudi doing? They're specifically targeting the petrochemical sector through all of this, where they probably see a lack of their own refining capability. Now, if we could bridge yep. the gap and use the petrochemical gap with Iran to bridge that, it maybe makes sense. So I think it's interesting what Saudi Arabia is doing. They've clearly yep. been thinking long term, considering they've started this process at the end of 2017, moving into 2018. But right. super interesting what they're doing and how, you know, at the end of the day, you know, commerce mends all wounds. It does. And uh, Saudi first and uh, Iran first is what this is uh, saying again. What's so, next? Let's go to the EPA's illegal power play. Michael, can you believe the audacity of the EPA to come up with an illegal power play, Michael? I didn't see it coming. I didn't see that one coming. The U.S. Supreme Court ruling in West Virginia versus EPA last year. Boy, everybody was just shouting around on that bad dog. It was a historic defeat for the EPA. Uh, ruled that the 2015 Clean Power Plan by President Obama's, that was his big time climate uh, agenda. Do you remember that? was unconstitutional and dramatically limited the EPA's power to regulate. All right. The article is fantastic, Michael. It says you could either have two outcomes. You could either take its lumps and then go work on real regulatory issues, or it could throw everything into the boat and try to go for one last attempt to hit a home run with no bat. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to take the home run and try to try to force their way down our throat. Oh, yeah. And so what they're going to try to do is uh, put these through before next summer so that they can at least be in the court system as a political win for Mr. Biden. Under the proposed rule, this is just, Michael, what they're saying is it's called a new source performance standard, an NSPS and they're talking about new performance standards for the grid, natural gas and coal for retrofitting. They didn't even make any rules because they said we're not building anymore, so we're not going to need them. Huh? So they're not giving the power companies any directions. Okay, uh, larger new modified combined natural gas plants, 30% of the nation's electricity would be required to achieve close to zero carbon emissions by either implementing carbon capture and storage, which is CCS, and not if you had the utilization, it'd be utilization if the CCUS, if they could store uh, sell it. But you got to drop the utilization because trust me, we don't know what we don't know how to utilize it yet. Uh, there's a lot of Diet Cokes that people are going to have to drink in order to get that. Yeah. Um, and so um, let's see, what was that part? Oh, capture 90 percent of the carbon emissions by 2035 or by switching from natural gas to 98 percent green hydrogen by 2038. Okay. Is green hydrogen even ready? No. It, it probably won't be ready until 2040. I, I mean, 
Holy smokes, Batman. This is like somebody had a bad dream. They woke up and said, hey, let's get electric buses. Oh, we'll cover that here in a sec. It is absolutely ludicrous. I mean, okay, I, I love Oklahoma. And I love OSU and I love Oklahoma University, but this is so dumb. Even nobody from Oklahoma University could have had anything to do with this. This is so dumb. It's even below them. Below CU. No, it's stupid. Again, you said it all in the beginning. It's all for political wins. They don't really care if it passes. They just need something for President Biden to campaign on. And unfortunately, it, 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 it comes at the expense of forcing a lot of extra, yeah, a lot of extra stuff going on that doesn't need to happen in terms of, you know, you know, all of this new looking at regulation, get everybody stirred up for ultimately nothing's going to happen. Super annoying. Oh, it's just pathetic. And what's happening, Michael, is we're seeing around the world this push, this gigantic, it started with the uh, prime minister of England. And then it got into Shell. This one, Shell, is now under the pressure because they're now saying, hey, wait a minute. Since the prime minister of England said, hey, we got to push it out five more uh, years, all of a sudden, all the big boys, big oil and every energy, uh, total energy has already said it. And Shell, while Swan that's a a funny name, has already come under pressure um, in an open letter posted this month. Let's see, where is it? Quote, for a long time, this guy was Thomas Brostrom. After less than two years, he was out. He quit. He said, quote, for a long time, it has been Shell's ambition to be a leader in the energy transition. It's the reason we work here. The recent announcements uh, at and after the capital markets that day deeply concern us, and we can only hope the optics of the CMD uh, announcements are deceiving and that Shell continues its path as a leader in the energy transition. You know, how can they pay for the energy transition if there's no profits? The taxpayers are now not bidding on offshore wind and um there's a whole money paradigm shift changing right now in in the renewables so i thought this was pretty interesting when uh we you and i talked i believe two weeks ago michael shell bp and all these others started following the u.s big oil companies and backing away from renewables i thought this was a pretty good article yeah. And I mean, one thing it's, 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 it's nice to see a company be able to take criticism from internally and turn it into a positive. And I love the quote from, right. from the CEO for an organization at the crux of the NA transition. There are no easy answers and no shortages of dilemmas or challenges. They also saw a spokesperson come out and said, we appreciate our staff that are engaged and have passion about the NA transition and sell. Then a bunch of googly gob after that. But I love that they're standing behind this guy. Right. And these two people are not completely throwing them under the bus because he's right. There is some, you know, something's got to go here. If you're going to lean more, you know, they say Shell keeps saying they're going to lean more into operational efficiency. Well, you know what that means. Oil and gas projects. Drill more wells. Exactly. (laughs) Get more oil. So we know exactly what that stands for. All right. What's next? Let's go to the Jackson buys eight electric buses for transit system. None are working. Uh, Hang on. Hang on. Um, wait a minute. Oh, this is the vice president. She wants to cut in. 
Uh, <laughs> she loves buses so much. She just wants to take the story from us. So, okay, sorry. Okay, the wheels on the bus. Let's go down here. Uh, this is actually pretty funny. It's from Jackson Hole News and Guide reports that the last of the electric buses went out service two months ago, Michael, and the broken buses have been waiting parts for months. This is really kind of fad, uh, sad. They were so excited to get them. Uh, he said it's difficult to move forward with road projects and community with a strong voice of not in my backyard. Uh, you got to love not in NIMBYs, not in my backyard. And so instead, a majority wanted driving to remain inconvenient in hopes that people would ride more bikes in public transit. That's not very practical. I mean, this just seems to be the continual case with renewables. It seems to be that there's there's, you know, we we spend all of this capital up front to roll these things out. Then they break down and they don't even necessarily do the job. And now they go bankrupt. Oh, here's the part I loved in it. Range shrinkage. He said, it's just shrinkage. It's just shrinkage. All I can see is George Costanza saying yep. in the corner, shrinkage. it was cold water. It was... So the bus just had shrinkage and <laughs> uh, they had to return to the depot at midday to recharge and they replaced by another when one or diesel powered buses. Yeah. There's a difference in performance in cold weather and warm weather. Oh, that's where the shrinkage joke comes in. It all comes back to shrinkage, folks. <laughs> now you know why I wanted to pick the story. <laughs> all we That's needed, funny. all we needed out of this story was a peeker. Like there was a manhole peeker. Oh, I said peeker. Sorry. That's funny. What else you got? Is that it? That's it, man. I, I had too much fun today picking the stories. Well, cool. We'll kick it over to finance quickly, guys. I mean, not much for the S and P five hundred and Nasdaq S and P flat, only about point, only about a uh, you know, really a tenth of a percentage point. Nasdaq two tenths of a percentage point. Oil's really what ran. Open the day just at ninety eighty three. Currently trading a uh, ninety three eighty five. Time stands five fifty p.m. here on the twenty seventh. So pretty good day for crude. You know, if if you tuned into Reuters, they tell you that it was due to the EIA crude oil storage drop of only 2.2 million barrels. So I'll, you know, to spoil the headline, EIA comes out. We saw yesterday it was supposed to be about a 1.5 million barrel build. EIA comes out and says, oh, nope, it's actually 2.2 million barrel draw. The (laughs) issue is everybody freaked out because they finally looked at the report and realized the Cushing stocks are down. I mean, I read this quote that we, we, we've got from Andrew Lipow, president of Lippo Oil Associates, who probably just went ahead and opened up the crude oil storage numbers today. Thank you. Good job, Andrew. The market is being led up by storage numbers as we are getting to minimal operational inventories at Cushing. Folks, hello, McFly. We've been trending this way for months and even years. And we just now decided at Lippo Oil Associates to wake up and say, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Cushing's at dangerously low levels. You don't think. You don't wow. think. And people are selling the U.S. Treasuries. Go figure don't that out. Go look at energynewsbeat.com, folks. You'll see crude oil storage numbers over historically. Hit the five-year button. Folks, it's down, down, and baby, down. And you also see the SPR there. Yeah, well, the SPR, led by the SPR. But Cushing is also getting extremely low, which it's been trending that way for weeks. My point is, you see, I see moves like this and the justifications for those moves don't seem to add up. Now, what was really the cause of the move? I think the overall 
tightness of the market is really what's driving this up. Is it the fact that we think we're going to run out of oil at Cushing? No, 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 no. People, you know, guys like Andrew may have just rolled out of bed this morning. Like, oh, it's EIA Wednesday day. Okay, great. Take a look at what happened. Is that what's moving the markets in terms of this big move? No, it has much more to do with the long-term fundamental outlook than I think some day-to-day movements here. So I was getting a good giggle out of this, Stu. You got to love it. Uh, gotta love you know, it. Uh, how do we get him more coffee? Oh, that, that's a nice mug. He need, he needs a it's, a, it's a great mug. I love our combo curve mug. Oh, um, yeah, love that. You know, they clearly he's not using combo curve to do his valuations because, you know, he's he's waking. He's clearly not. We know that. No. Um, all right, hey, Stu, uh, it's been a great. How week. does he get a hold of you for to teach him how to do that? Right. <laughs> hey, my contacts information's in, in the show notes. You call us. We'll help you with any valuation you need. Trust me. We're not waking up at at, at, at nine at 928 just to uh, tune into crude oil storage and trade some oil. I'll tell you that much. What should people uh, be worried about this weekend, Stu? We're off now. This is the last, this is the last they'll hear of us. Uh, well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. There's some more decisions coming around the corner. We got the we just got stupidity coming out of the current administration. There, I'm hearing rumblings of some things next week that just make me want to throw up. Well, 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 we'll make sure to leave that to next week, guys, but we appreciate you checking us out. Um, on Friday, you'll be able to listen to our weekly or uh, what interview I guess weekly recaps on Saturday what drops Friday uh, what uh, we've got Todd um, uh, Todd Broyle and he is a nuclear geek I yes. we, they just rolled it out on the uh, LinkedIn uh, little splurb on it and so it's rolling out Friday I'm excited that, that was a fun fun podcast great for Todd Nope. Gotta love Todd Royal there. You can check out the weekly recap. Otherwise, we will see you guys on Monday, folks. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. Stay frosty out there.